Welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Saylette. And we are a podcast that reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. And we're really glad you have uh, joined us today for this episode. Yeah, welcome back as we close out the LGBTQ Awareness Month with this book. So let's just get started. I'm going to give you a quick a quick quickie. Quickie. <laughs> this is a, a not quick a sh- quickie. A long quickie. <laughs> Short quick. <sighs> All right. So as pertaining this book, would you ever consider smoking again? No. Even like later down in the, in your life? Well, here's the thing. Every time I've tried since I quit, it makes me violently ill. So I just, Ooh. I'm done, right? Mm-hmm. I still occasionally will see it in movies and just be like, oh, that looks good and sexy. I don't know why it's awful, right? But I don't remember the last time I actually tried. It's been a long time, probably almost a decade even. But Mm -hmm. the last time I was like drinking and hanging out with friends who were smoking, I was like, I'll just have a cigarette. I was, it just instantaneously made me very sick. And I was like, oh, no. And so as long as I have that reflex, I don't think I'll ever smoke again. I think that's a great reflex to have. And I've heard that from a lot of people who quit smoking and, and had that same thing where it's just like, oh, I'll just have one. And then it just makes them ill and it's just gross, which is a great deterrent. That means, great, you're completely cured of it. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I think I would. And and in fact, like I've quit, but every once in a while, I still will have one or two. Mm-hmm. And it is a social, completely social thing. And it doesn't make me sick. But for me, I can drop it on a dime. Sort of like how you just dropped it. You're like, no, nope, mm-hmm. I'm done. And it was it. I did literally just stop out of the blue. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people are like, that's hard. And I was like, mm, wasn't. It w- <laughs> but yeah, it to wasn't, be it fair, I was never like one of those pack a day smokers. So I was me like too. two or three a day, like in the evening kind of thing. Yes. I didn't wake up and have a cigarette. Mm-mm. There was nothing more gross in my idea like that I could think of than waking up and smoking first thing. <laughs> There's nothing that I found more disturbing. This is, you know, not about me, but uh, living with a smoker who it would be the evening, it would, you know, we'd get going to bed, he would shower and be all nice and clean and then go out for one last cigarette before going to sleep. And you're just like, no. why? You, you'd... F- you f- why because you know like now you're smelling cigarettes again <laughs> like, you're clean and you're, you're all fresh and ready for and like i think the bed is like one of the places that it's just the worst to smell like cigarettes in yeah you know i awful. mean yeah, yeah i hear you there and come like yeah right in and go to sleep after your last cigarette and i'm just like oh after you're showered and clean I'm like you could have prevented all this by just going to bed after the shower <laughs> yes how about you have your last cigarette, go shower, and then go to bed? That sounds Couldn't like a bad that, But idea. like that's a real smoker, right? That's somebody who's smoking like mm-hmm. constantly, you know? Because yeah, he couldn't he couldn't do it. Yeah. Or like you said, waking up in the middle of the night to have a like a cigarette. Like if you're smoking in your car in your house because you really really need to, then you're absolutely. But yeah, you're right. I was never at that point either, where it was just like I need to have something right now. It's waking me up at three in the morning. Oh God, no! I need that fix. <laughs> so yeah, so that's lucky. I was lucky in that I didn't have that 
And yeah. so I think it was easy because I just one day was like, I just don't want to do I was also really tired of stopping. I don't like getting out of my car in between. Like, I don't like running errands. I don't like running errands, right? right? I like right. going to work and going home and then not going to the grocery store once a week. That's my errand. And so like <laughs> stopping for cigarettes became annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, going into gas stations and buy. I just the whole thing became like, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? This is dumb. I don't even <laughs> like this that much. Meh. And then I quit. And then I was like, oh, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. And then, yeah, yeah. like, you know, a couple months later, I was like, oh, I'll have one while drinking and hanging out at a bar, you know? And then I was like, oh, like one or two puffs. And I was yeah. like, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. nope. And it happened the next couple of times. And I was just like, oh, I can't casually smoke. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm done. Mm-hmm. My body was like, oh, good. That's over. No more. <laughs> good. That's the reaction you should have had. <laughs> I wish it would have that reaction to sugar. Oh my god! Yes. Like every time I quit sugar, I feel so good. But then the second I eat sugar again, my body's like, "I love you, sugar." (laughs) No, you're supposed to reject it like cigarettes. (laughs) It's poison, body. You don't love sugar. Oh my god, I'm I'm totally the same way. Yeah, Emily and I were actually talking about this last night. How she was like, "Fuck it, when I'm turning sixty, I am going to start smoking again, and if I die, whatever." And I was like, um, I'm going to do it with you. <laughs> so all you right. eat all the sugar. We'll take the tobacco and we'll all just die together. <laughs> and we'll all die together. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be great. Well, we'll get, we've got this pack. It's just, this then is we'll just like do some really wild shit, like jumping out of planes and stuff. You know, I won't, but. I, well, I mean, maybe we'll talk you into it by then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because we were also talking about, like, I don't see the desire at all. I don't know what it is that people see in wanting to go into a plane, like, into a plane and jumping oh, out of it. no, fucking no. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's the same, and it's not the same for everybody, but it, to me, it's the same. It's like, why would anybody want to get in the ocean or, like, go into the woods? Like, Just know. standing in the ocean or standing in the woods is not the same as free falling from the fucking sky. <laughs> no, that's definitely, but that's how I see it. I know, I but that's no, just... Oh, I know, it's not, different. But that's how I see it, because I'm, I don't have a desire to do any of those three. So to me, they're all equally dumb. So Alex and Sarah went skydiving at their for their um anniversary, or no, their wedding in, in Hawaii, when they were out in Hawaii. Nice. And they got, you know, they video it from like a camera like on you and on the mm-hmm. plane and everything. And so they showed, they were showing us the video and it just looked fucking horrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I was like, nah, <laughs> nah, not hard pass. at all. I won't uh, even get it in a helicopter. I don't, and that- I don't even want those tiny ass pl- like that's a tiny ass plane. No. It's not a normal plane. No. I don't fuck, fuck, fuck off. No, <laughs> no, sorry, ain't gonna happen. Uh-uh. Uh, well, I'm glad they got to experience that. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun tangent about <laughs> cigarettes that turned into bungee jumping or like <laughs> skydiving. <laughs> We're good at that. Yes, we are. Okay, so what did we read today? All right, so for this episode, guys, we read Even Though I Knew the End by C.L. Polk, narrated by January Lavoie. And uh, like I said a little bit earlier, this closes out our LGBT book of the month. So let's do some clits notes. Cool. So it is a 1940s noir style novel. It's a little bit different for us. 
the main paranormal like magic in the world is is magic so there are uh wizards and magicians and and scrying and and spells but there's also angels and demons who are on earth kind of messing around with souls and humans and we meet helen she is a she was a wizard or she was in this lodge of wizards but then she did this, the unthinkable which is she made a de- deal with a demon she sold her soul and so she got kicked out and she's no longer an official wizard so she's called a warlock which i guess is the like bad side <laughs> the, the left side and the, <laughs> the right side you know the white and the black the wizard yeah white magic yeah. <laughs> and black magic right now she doesn't actually do black magic she's just not allowed in the clubs of the good white magic people so she's been living in chicago she kind of does pi type work and people know she can do some some magic so she'll do spells to help people like find things find people solve crimes that kind of stuff so she's on this case someone wants her to go look at a crime scene a murder scene and see if she can kind of figure out what's going on turns out it's this whole big angel versus demon situation her time since she did sell her soul when she was younger, her time, her 10-year period is almost up. So she's dreading this because she's only got a couple more days. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she hasn't told her girlfriend. And her girlfriend's all like, we're going to move to San Francisco and buy a house and, you know, she's have like, a lovely yeah. relationship without, you know, all of the shit that's in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. The, the not acceptance that is there. Whereas at this time, Chicago, or San Francisco was kind of a bastion of, of acceptance in some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. We're going to do that as soon as I don't die. (laughs) But then it turns out like she's probably one of the victims who are on the list of victims because the whatever's killing women in the city is killing people who have sold their souls and are and their souls are almost up their contracts are almost due and so that's killing them early and taking their souls and the demon who owns the souls Margot, is like, that's not cool. You need to. Marlo, sorry, <laughs> something like that, you know, a you dame, know, you know, a classic dame. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, Helen, go figure this out. So Helen's investigating. Turns out <laughs> her brother's involved because he's still in the the lodge of the wizardy people. <laughs> I don't know the names. <laughs> Good wizards. Good wizard. Or the lodge. white wizards. And like, then all of a sudden, Edith, Helen's girlfriend, is like, Hey, guess what? I'm an angel inside of Edith. <laughs> Just I'm just like, using her f- body as a vessel. I just, I just use her body. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I totally see when you guys bone, but it's fine. <laughs> she likes it. <laughs> She's still there. And I, you guys, she I'm making this sound a lot funnier. This is not actually a humorous book. Oh, no. This it's is a, a very well, it's serious, a serious noir. It's a noir. Uh-huh. They wouldn't laugh it's in noir. noirs. I just think no. it's funny. <laughs> when the angel's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally know when you guys fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's fine because she likes it. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, long story short, Helen gets her soul back, solves the problem. It was actually Angel, a, a rogue angel who'd been left on Earth. It's this whole thing. Like when we read the Kim Lorraine book about the Watchers, it's that same mm-hmm. narrative, that same like, I think it's a religious story about angels mating with humans and, and creating Nephilim and they being trapped on Earth and not being allowed back into heaven. Mm-hmm. And so one of the angels is trying to get back into heaven, and in order to do that, he's reaping souls because it makes him more powerful, and he's trying to bring 
Archangel Michael to Earth to open up the gates to heaven for the angels to go back home. But, you know, he's killing people to do it, so it's not great. But he is, his <laughs> justification is he's killing people who have already sold their souls to hell. So right. they're not good people. But he's also using good humans as vessels to do it. And it's really, it's fucking them up. So they all end up in an insane asylum. It's not good. She solves the case. They stop the angel. I think he gets killed. I think so. But in the in the crossfire, Edith gets killed. And so even though Helen just got her soul back because she'd made the deal with Marlo that if she mm-hmm. if she found the white the the person behind all of white this white city vampire or whatever. Yeah, the white city vampire is what they were calling the person doing the killing. If Helen found him, then Marlo would give her Helen's soul back so she wouldn't have to die in 2 days or go to hell. And then she t- she traded her soul again to save Edith. <laughs> to save Edith. Yeah. So she's still going to die, but it's 10 years now. She's got 10 more years with Edith so now and they're she's all going to have a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and in the in the whole battle, the final moments, uh Teddy, her brother, who was pissed cuz what happened in the very beginning when Helen sold her soul 10 years ago. It was because she and her family were in a car accident and all of them died instantly except her. Mm-hmm. And so she, who had already been training and doing the magic stuff, crawled to a crossroads and called, summoned a demon and made a pact to, mm-hmm. she wanted her whole family restored and the demon was like, you have to pick one. So she picked her brother, Teddy. And as soon as he could, he told the lodge, like, she sold her soul to save me because I was dead. So... He's not like, he kind of is like, she's evil, but, well, not evil, but she's not on the side of good. She doesn't have a soul, but he's still like, she's my sister and I still love her, but I can't talk to her because of the wizard lodge. And uh, then at the end, she's about to die and he kills the angel for her. And so Mm -hmm. he's probably, he's probably damned to hell too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even he finally was just like, oh. Uh, Although, if I had to make an argument, saved my life, and you know, or yeah. brought me back to life, exactly. Her own. Yeah, exactly. And now he understands it. He's like, I was willing mm-hmm. to do anything to save you. But also, I'd like to make an argument that an angel killing people, regardless of their soul status, shouldn't be someone who you then are condemned to die because you killed that stopped him from killing more innocent people. Like, I just. Uh, this is why religion is dumb. Sorry. <laughs> no, it should have just been like, cool, you killed a bad guy. Like You killed a bad guy. Congratulations. Uh, you don't have to trade anything for that. <laughs> no, you're done. Thanks. You're done. Good on you. You've done your duty. But anyway, everybody's kind of, you know, happily ever after for maybe 10 years. <laughs> for at least the next 10 years and in San Francisco. <laughs> and in San Francisco because, yeah, it's, it's tough being an underground lesbian in 1940s Chicago. Yeah, definitely. I like the noir theme. I think it's really interesting and fun. And I I just, I saw this book as like a comic strip in my head almost the entire time. Mm-hmm. I like the cover of the book, too. I think it was really cool. Mm-hmm. I was definitely seeing basically like Constantine slash Supernatural mm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> characters yes. just wandering around. Yep. That's exactly right. But it was, I mean, it was a good book. I think it's unique because we didn't have like a meet cute and a relationship building. Like they, we started this book with Edith and Helen together. 
You know, they'd been together for, it sounded like a couple of years. Yes. And, you know, doing all of the things that they used to have to do to hide a relationship. So Uh they would meet on Sundays at a diner and they would each wear their gold wedding rings. And their story was that they had been really good friends, but then they both got married and so they don't see each other as much anymore. So they saved their Sunday dinners for (laughs) for seeing each other and catching up at the diner. And so they have these like, like fake, conversations about their Mm -hmm. new married lives you know so that the diner staff doesn't get suspicious um and then there's like imagine that no oh my god no that is just so being afraid to my heart yeah occupy your space as yourself in the world is absolutely terrifying like that Mm -hmm. just and i mean it was real like you like the consequences were real in one part of the book helen's you know investigating and she goes to you know, a mental hospital, and there is a woman in there that she recognizes who's in there just because she's a lesbian. Like, Uh you know, she that was a cause for committal back then, and they would do electric shock aversion therapy to try and make Mm -hmm. you not like women. Or guys not like guys, they do it too. But yeah, especially for women, anyone could commit you. They could just like anyone who like supposedly Uh knew you and loved you would be like, hey, especially a man. Just be like, "Uh, my... My sister's fucking bug shit crazy. Uh, she's mm-hmm. gotta go to, she's gotta go to the hospital, and uh, we'll just see if we ever take her out. And like, there oh, was no recourse yeah. for you to like nope. be like, hey, no, I'm totally sane. Don't need to be in the hospital. It's cool. <laughs> like, no, just, I cannot comprehend that thinking at all. It just blows my mind that that is a that actually happened. Like that's in yeah. our history, and they didn't even have to be related. Like, Mm-mm. a man of good standing could just be like, this woman I know is crazy. Put her away. <laughs> and, like, just, just got put away. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so wow. that's a little bit why we might be kind of insane nowadays. Because we're like, <laughs> hey, do you guys what? That happened. That was like 100 years ago. It's not that long. <laughs> no, it's not that long. It's not that oh long ago God. that you just locked us up and said we were nuts. So... But then there's also a cute scene in an underground lesbian bar with all of the, mm-hmm. like, hey, toots, what's happening? Yes. <laughs> like the fun, like, noir 40s exactly, speech, which I can't emulate because it's I'm not a vocal person. Oh, no. I can't do it either. I'm not a vocal to- you know, voice work. actor. I think that's perfect. <laughs> but it was really cute. And they were dancing and, like, it was a place where they could finally be themselves. And that sounded mm-hmm. like that's where they met. Yes many years ago where Helen Mm -hmm. and Edith met and fell in love. So it was a good story. It didn't have as much sex in it as we would like, but it did have some nice sexy parts, like touchy and kissy parts. Yeah, it had some good intimate scenes that can help us lead to what a descriptive scene could be. I mean, in these two characters, Helen and Edith are in love and you could just feel it with the way that that it was written and the way that actually it was read too i liked the narrator i think january did a really good job oh yeah she was fabulous Mm -hmm. and i actually i loved both of the characters even edith even though she was a vessel the good thing about that whole situation was she was able to control the angel now we don't know i forgot what the angel's name was i don't i have no idea at all what it is herculo Hercule. Hercule? Hercule? You know they all end in eel, so it's that. Yeah, they probably (laughs) did. Yeah, so that was the good good thing about that. It was that either did have that control. And these angels who use humans as hosts, they're the humans have a choice like they get to permit them they don't just go in and take over someone's body 
Well, right? Is that what you understood? I understood it for Edith. I was a little bit skeptical about it for the women who were being used to do the spells to reap the souls. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I mean, they might have consented because if an, if you're at all kind of religious and it's 1940s and you're a young woman and an angel shows up to you and is like, hey, you're a vessel of the Lord. I need to take mm. your body for a minute. You're probably going to accept. So th- I'm not saying that they did it against their will, but I feel as if they were definitely lied to. Like tricked and Because that particular fallen angel then used them to murder a person and do a summoning spell on the soul, which led them to basically they all seemed catatonic in a hospital. Yeah. They didn't survive the incident. So I feel as if the angel was violating them, definitely doing that. Whereas in Edith's case, we're going to call him. We don't remember his name. Should we call him? <laughs> no, we should call him. <laughs> I really don't remember. And I think she referred to this angel as a them. Oh, yeah. The, the, all the angels were them. I keep saying yeah. he because I just because well, because she gave him kind of masculine voices. So I kind of she was did. Like, oh, he. She did. But it's yes. them. It really is them. Well, they they had been watching her for a while like for her whole life, because that's kind of their point is they were originally put on the earth to be watchers right. and they got mixed up with angel or with humans. And that's when heaven was close to them and they started to lose some of their power. Their powers kind of drained away. But the new theory among them is that if they find a soul and watch it and stick with that human for the whole of the human's life and they can get the human to accept them into their body as a, as a vessel and they just live humbly as that human, yeah. then when the human passes and dies, they will go to heaven with that human soul and but they will get, get back into heaven. That yeah. So that's what her angel is doing, whose name we've forgotten. They are just trying to live a humble life with her and go to heaven. And we find out that they do at the end. Because yeah. when, when Edith dies, she's in heaven with that, her with watcher. the angel. Yeah. And then when she comes back, they stay there in heaven. Yeah. And it's just Edith that comes back and yeah. Helen is back to being damned. <laughs> yep. She's back to having oh, a 10 year, 10 year time calendar. <laughs> uh, at least it got to start off again. I mean, 10 years really isn't that long, but it is. You know, it is not. But, you know, it's the 40s. You could end up with some kind of horrible disease and not it's make it. true. <laughs> <laughs> to them, that's an that's a lifetime. Like that's eternity. Ten you know, years, yeah. Ten years living with your the you know love of your life has to be worth it, right? She thought so. That's why she did it. That's why she was willing to sell her soul again. You Absolutely. Know, right, literally two minutes after getting it back. Right there. Well, and it's easy and so fresh because Edith was, you know, the love of her life died right in front. Of, like, of course, of course. <laughs> if we're going to make a rash decision right now, it's going to be at this moment to bring back my loved one. And here, as we're talking about it right now, let's do a kiss and tell, which is exactly this conversation. It's whether or not we would sell our soul for a loved one or on the flip side, which is damning the rest of the world to save your loved one, <laughs> which kind of reminds me of like the last of us where joel starts killing off people because they're trying to kill ellie i haven't seen I don't know it, if you've so watched it okay mm-hmm. yeah he pretty much is just like anybody who wants to kill her is gonna die so he would kill the entire world to save her because you know yeah. he's lost a daughter and she's kind of like the pseudo daughter that's sort of taken her place and so he kind of gets a little crazy and he's like i'm mm-hmm. gonna kill the entire world to save her and it's like well she could possibly save the world if she dies <laughs> <laughs> you know, so 
I don't know. I think it's very love is such a weird thing. It is. It's a tough thing because it's like, would I sacrifice my soul to save another? Okay, one. If I believe in any of this shit, this is all hypothetical, <laughs> of course, right? Right. In reality, I do not believe in this stuff. But in a situation like this, I think, I think I would for somebody that I loved. I would, but I don't know that I would sacrifice the world to save that. I'd be like, dude, we got to do our part. This is, I mean, also like, we're not going to live forever. Why would you want to be in this world forever? Right. <laughs> Even though I love eternity and eternity is my thing. But like in a fake reality, oh, this is kind of <laughs> hard to talk about. You know what I'm it saying, gets, right? <laughs> yes, I do. I get it. Yeah, I think, so obviously we have to, like, we have to work on the assumption that not only is this real, but we know it. So yes. uh, this really isn't in the scope of religion because these people know for a fact that there is heaven and hell and demons, demons and, angels and angels and souls yes. and all of it. They know it. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be like, you know, promised anything. There's no, there's no faith, you know, leap of faith into believing right. about this, mm -hmm. which is what religion is in our world. Like it's a faith yes. that this is the reality. So if, if I know it and I know that I will end up in a horrible place called hell and I'm pulling my loved one out of heaven to spend more time with me, I feel like that is a really selfish fucking act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know that I would do it to save them. I feel as if, especially if they're as religious as like Edith is in this book. Yes, because she like, is. I mean, I keep thinking about the, again, oh man, why did you not watch Buffy? This is making our conversations very challenging. But I keep thinking about the season of Buffy after she died when they resurrected her and she was mm -hmm. fucked up because she was like, bitches, I was in heaven. I was dead. I was no longer fighting on this mortal plane of existence where life is hard and everything sucks. Yeah. I was in heaven and you motherfuckers selfishly brought me back because you needed me. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to do that. And right. And so I kind of think about it. And like, that's kind of what her brother, her brother's position was, because right. they really didn't see each other for 10 years after she saved him. Because he just he was very like, you shouldn't have done, like I was in heaven and he was in heaven at that time with his mom and dad because they had also died in the car crash. Mm -hmm. And if you know it and if you maintain that knowledge and memory, like now you're fucking back on Earth. Like, yeah, look around. And I, we're talking 40s. We're talking World <laughs> War Two. Would you feel like yeah. you wanted to be back here instead of like. <laughs> I forgot about the timing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be like fucking assholes. <laughs> Leave me alone. So. If I'm thinking through everything and not being rash mm -hmm. and just worried about what I want. No, I don't think it's, I think it's painful that you have to live without them, but that's human. Yeah. And you don't know what they want and making a choice for, anytime you make a choice for someone else without having the chance to consult them, I think is a very selfish act. So choosing to save them and bring them back to life is selfish. And now now also knowing that they only have 10 years with you and then they have to watch you die and then know that yes. you're going to hell. Actually, that's a very, very good point. Right. Like just you fucking and, 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 well, and this is where like in Supernatural, it was just like Sam and Dean constantly selling <laughs> themselves to Kill save it. the other one. And everyone's like, stop. Uh, yep. Yep. Well, if they just keep going back and forth, they'll go back and forth forever. It's 10 years on 10. 10 years, <laughs> ten years on 10. Ten years, ten years. It's actually they're going to live forever now that they get to go back and forth. 
At some point, the demons are like, fuck you. We're taking both your souls. You're all going to hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe in this world, in a world that knows that this stuff is true and real, then you can start having like an actual will or something. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, hey, you know, hey, if I die and you get an opportunity to make a deal with the devil, uh, I'm going to say no on that <laughs> and you can't do it. Or it's, yeah, hell yeah, bring me back. I want to spend 10 more years with you. So maybe we get to uh, create the the will of the damned or something. <laughs> I think yeah, I just created you have a story. Your, your, your... <laughs> Your last will and testament in regards mm-hmm. to whether or not you want your partner to kill the or to sell their soul to save you, to bring you back to life. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I think you make a really good point, though. And it, I, I do think and I, I agree that it is very selfish to do that, to bring them back. And, and it is absolutely that, especially when I said that I would do it, I would bring them back. And I guess I was thinking more along the lines of because I believe that when people well, not all the time. But most of the time, I believe that when people pass and it's not, you know, obviously their choice, that's not where they want to be. They want to be here with us. They want to be with their family. They'd rather be with their kids or with their spouse or whatever. I don't think that if, obviously, if they didn't have a choice to leave, they didn't want to go. So Mm -hmm. if we had a chance to bring them back, they probably would come back. Mm -hmm. So I guess it really just depends on the situation and what their will of the damned like I kind of understand her first the first time she did it a little bit more because if you figure Mm, mm -hmm. they didn't give us exact ages but I'm guessing she was around 18 because her younger brother was like 16 I thought they were a little bit younger but was he 14 yeah maybe okay so then she was probably 16 like well they were I knew I knew she said something about he was a teenager when she did it and he Mm -hmm. did believe in doing wrong so you know teenagers are very like I don't know. I don't know what I was about to say there. That's not true. Anyway, I get it because, like, literally in a split second, she lost her whole family. So I like, and she's a teenage girl alone in the world. Like, there, what is there for her? Like, right? So I totally, Mm -hmm. I get that impulse a little bit more. That's more of a knee jerk. Like, I just can't be alone, and I need my family back. Reaction. Um, I think as as you age and get older, you should be able to think through some of these things, you know, mm-hmm. more and be like, is this really what they would want? And now it turns out Edith is fine with it. I mean, she's upset that she's damned, but she is happy to have 10 more years with yeah. Helen. So I guess, you know, yeah, if you know your person and you're like, yeah, they'll take 10 years with me, that's fine. Yeah. Obviously, like, yeah, I don't believe in like a magical heaven afterlife either. I would... <laughs> So, yeah, people you'd think would rather be with people and alive than dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, life is tough, too. Absolutely. And especially if during your last moments here on Earth in this plane, you are suffering and you are literally dying and things are not working well for you. I get it. You're no longer you get suffering. stabbed by a giant angel. That's it's, like... <laughs> it's just... It's not... Yeah. <laughs> you're probably not going to live a good rest of your life if you're still alive. I get that. I understand that. So you're no longer in pain. But I don't think that obviously was your choice, you know, and you're not going to choose to remain in pain. You are no longer in pain if 
your loved one decides that you are going to go, but your loved one also knows that you would rather be with them, but not in pain, obviously. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just very, it's very difficult. I really have a hard time when I'm at funeral services where they say they're in a better place now. And I'm like, well, maybe in this situation because they wouldn't be suffering while they're here, but they're not. In, I, I, most of the times I don't believe that they are in a better place. I think that they would rather be with their family in a healthy way. Like, you know, no, no, I get you. I get you. Not in the sick way that they were. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, you're not wrong, but that's all like in a perfect world, everyone gets yeah, what they exactly. want. And that's yeah. not the way the world works. It so. is not how it works. Yeah. I also don't like that phrase, they're in a better place, because I truly do not believe <laughs> there is anything afterwards. So I'm like, <laughs> no, they're just dead. Too. Yeah. That's just death. But if it makes mm-hmm. people feel good, then obviously you uh, let people who need it have their, their things. And I also want people who it doesn't feel good when they hear that to speak up and say that mm-hmm. that I don't believe in that and I don't need you to try to console me and tell I me don't that ever, that is what's yeah, happening. What, when it's someone in my family or whatever and it's someone talking to me and saying, oh, it's okay, at least they're not, I don't, I will be like, nah, let's, not, let's not go down that path. I don't like that fight. shit. Yes. <laughs> we will fight. You can I believe that and keep it to yourself. <laughs> I Exactly. You can't tell me that they are now going to be with, you know, mom and dad and whatever. Like, I don't believe in that stuff. You can't tell me that I don't. You, not only that's do not I not believe it, but that me. to me is not actual heaven. <laughs> now i'm just with everyone like my family who's already dead like i don't now i'm miserable with them up here too shit fuck now i gotta hang out with grandma and grandpa again i'm too Uh, keen on that when i was a child now i gotta do it as an adult dead person damn it and it's eternity like that is your immortality right there is death in heaven oh this is what i don't want it's got it it turned (laughs) <laughs> this is not cool anymore. <laughs> I never liked it. I never liked eternity. Ugh. Although I did see a meme today that made me really happy. Or I don't know if it's officially a meme. I honestly can't tell the definition of a meme, so I call things. I saw a thing on the it internet works. today. <laughs> this is how old I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was like a it was like a dialogue, like a running discussion about if you were a vampire and you had all of eternity. You should get like into really weird crafts. (laughs) And so it was like this story of like a vampire who was knitting a tapestry or like embroidering a tapestry Uh and it's like 80,000 yards long or you know, like something, some ridiculous number. And it was like, ah, I was only going to do 10 panels, but then this thing happened and now it's 20, you know, and it's taken them 300 years or that is uh, awesome. Like one of them is cultivating stalactites. So very like carefully <laughs> managing the water flow over millennia <laughs> in a cave to make pretty stalactite gardens is fucking awesome. <laughs> I love it. It was a really yes. fun. It was a funny like idea of like yeah, if you had forever, what weird ass craft could you do? <laughs> oh, like monitor a sea turtle because those yeah. things live forever. Exactly. Like from egg to death, you know, from like just- egg to <laughs> 150 like however long they live oh yeah. so long hundreds yeah. of years yeah way longer than our human ass way so. longer than us yeah oh that'd be funny i love that i think that's hilarious it was it was i i enjoyed it quite a bit i was laughing i was like oh so <laughs> if you had eternity at least you could do something fun with it right yeah exactly let's make a, a hobby out of some <laughs> bullshit 
that could be elongated for a long stretch of time. I love it. All right. All right. So other parts of this book, you guys, it they touch on other pieces of the story. Obviously, there's misogyny in this book a little bit. Oh, the yeah. Electroshock therapy, homophobia. The doctor at the facility. Because, okay, so one of the, this is just a small story. One of the victims, well, not, she is a victim, but. Um, she was one of the ones who was the, the vessel and not the, yeah. the not the murdered victim, but she was the vessel who was then dropped and basically left comatose. She's in the hospital and they go to visit her and her mom's there and they're talking to her and she's like, well, I think she's looked at me yesterday. Um, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's kind of I think so. And then she starts screaming. The, the patient starts screaming and everyone's like, oh, maybe something's happening. Right. And the doctor's like comes back later in the in the scene and he hands a note or a piece of paper to the to the mom and it's like you need to take this home to your husband so he can sign it and it's it's a release to do electroshock therapy Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all the people there are women except for the male doctor you know the mom's like i don't want to do that for my daughter i don't want her to be in pain he's like oh you don't understand just take it home to your husband honey and it was just the worst fucking shit like i was just like oh that was so (laughs) real like that you guys that was the thing that it's how it happened then it is just like your husband will decide you don't need to worry your little head about it (laughs) and it's just it touches on so like that like being a woman at that time and then yes the two main characters having to conceal their love for each other because they're same sex like it's just so many things it's it's intense that that is i i have such a hard time believing that anybody at any time in any era is like against just people being people i don't know it's so weird i mean they're still against people being people that's very true i mean we're living in a time where we are seeing a drastically large number of bills come up in states and localities that are solely about reducing the rights of the LGBTQ community, Mm -hmm. you know, preventing trans athletes from playing school sports, from using restrooms, from getting access to their health care that they want. It's all kinds of access is being denied and rights are being rolled back across this country especially for the LGBTQ community and other marginalized groups. And it's absolutely bug nuts that it is happening in 2023. It is fucking (laughs) insane because there had seemed like so much progress. It did. And then just, but I have to keep thinking and looking at it as if it is the dying gasps of an old system. Mm-hmm. So oh, the yeah, progress like has been made. Hurrah. It's their last grasp of power. The, mm. These, yeah, that's a good point. These people are definitely the minority, and they know it. They yeah. do not have the numbers. They are not. You know, the young generation is not following them. There is a change coming permanently, but we have to go through this absolutely fucking awful period first. And it sucks. Yeah. And and it's harmful because it does a lot of actual real world damage. People are losing life. And, yeah, those are lasting. You know, mm-hmm. Everlasting pain and damage to people who have to live through this right now, which definitely is awful. And so for our, you know, to wrap up LGBTQ plus awareness month mm-hmm. with, the, you know, our two gay and lesbian books that we read, we also wanted to share some resources for any of our audience or anybody that they know that they would like to pass on just some 
some positive resources about, you know, where to go to call if you're struggling, if you're in crisis, if you need help talking through any LGBTQ plus issues, trans visibility project. I think there, I was just listening to a podcast and there was a map, um, a woman had, a trans woman had created a map of the country where you could get hormone replacement therapies because uh-huh. sometimes those clinics are very quiet and, and uh-huh. protected, obviously, to, you know, they're not loud in advertising because they could become targets of right. of um, hate. And so she has a whole map of looking up where you live and you can find those clinics because wow. um, there might be some small ones near you that you don't know about. And so I think if I can find, I'll go and find that article and, or that podcast and find her map and and link to it. I'll just have a couple of links that we'll put up this week with some resources, um, any ones that I can find uh, that are actively working right now mm-hmm. to, you know, if not, I mean, everybody's, but not everybody. That's a generalization. There are lots of people out there working very hard to stem these bills Mm -hmm. and to do what they can to prevent them or at least hold them back. And a lot of them are being challenged in courts. And we just have to see what the courts are going to do with that. Unfortunately, so many of the courts have been stacked recently in a very conservative and negative way that we can't rely on them. So we can only rely on each other and like networks of of people to help. And that's what, you know, we'll try to try to spread that word and put those links up for people who need to know and and maybe are looking around for assistance. Yeah, absolutely. We thought that would be a good tie to the books that we highlighted for this month. And and hopefully just, I mean, it doesn't have to be for this month. It's the entirety of everything that we do, all of our podcasts and and all of that. So we hope that those links will help those that that need it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You know, and also like that's kind of why part of the reason we read books like this is sometimes the stories coming out of the current uh, environment, the current politics are so negative and the stories are so sad mm-hmm. that you want to celebrate joy where you can. So these books are an example of queer joy because they are, you know, celebrating that life and not just a story of another, you know, tragedy that's happened. Right. So it's mm-hmm. a place to honor and respect all love and and enjoy positive stories of. Right. And that's right. hopefully what we were able to do with like this book and the book from uh, last episode, mm-hmm. where we kind of got to talk about fun, sexy, queer stories in, yeah. a, in, a, in a, you know, obviously a fictional world, but still a fun world. And yeah. Not, um, you know. Hellhounds and demons and angels. Hell you know, hounds, like. And angels. <laughs> <laughs> magic and warlocks <laughs> yeah you know the cool shit right <laughs> but every all but both of the stories both revolving around two people that are in love and that is mm-hmm. the end story is that is that love they both both stories i mean all of our stories but the two that we highlighted this month were about love and they are about love and that's the, what the messages that were spread through them yep yep all right cool great oh we have to rate it we do have to rate it and it I like we said it didn't have there's any no there's no sex in it but it did have intimate scenes and funny scenes that were leading up to like the intimate scenes and <laughs> and and things like that so with the angel that Edith was hosting I mean and it was a short book too so it was a short listen well for I mean it's, all, it's not even 4 hours yeah <laughs> so yeah at our at our 1.5 speed it's fucking <laughs> Oh, it's like two and a half. Yeah. (laughs) 
It was quick. So I loved the setting and I loved the world she built. And I kind of, I went to see if maybe this is part of a bigger world that um, CJ, it was CJ Polk, right? That was the author. CL. CL, sorry. CL Polk had built and that I could read other books in this world because I really fucking love the 1940s noir Mm -hmm, style mm -hmm. with wizards and warlocks and shit. I was like, I want to read this. I want to live in this world. I mean, I don't want to live in it. I want to enjoy it (laughs) through books periodically. Vicariously through. And I want more of it than three and a half hours of it. (laughs) Um, And I couldn't find any indication that it's part of a bigger series. So I'm a little bit disappointed. (laughs) Because I was like, like, I love standalone books, but sometimes people create such beautiful worlds. Oh, I and know. when you only get them for one book, you're like, but the, but, but the, but the world, <laughs> you built a whole world. Why can't I go back to the world? <laughs> the Night Circus is my number one example of that, that entire thing you just said. Yes. Give me more. Erin does it every, every time. Erin Morgenstern does. does it every time because... On, the Starless sea. sea is. I would live in the Starless Sea over the Night Circus. I love the Night Circus, and I loved it right up until the minute I read the Starless Sea, and then I was like, "This one usurped it." <laughs> now I love this place more. <laughs> well, that one's got books and books. And exactly, books. it's books. Oh, we should do that for next June because it's a gay love story. It is a gay love story. Yes. Oh, huh. I just realized that, and that yeah, that falls into the paranormal. Oh, it's definitely it's not magical. Uh, it's not. Re- it's, it's, it's not real. It's, it's magical. <laughs> realism yeah which this kind of is too yeah yeah so okay anyway that was a side note but uh, yeah i couldn't find any other books by her that seem to occupy the same world so i'm a little bit disappointed but because of that like i really loved her world even though it was short and i only got to visit it for a while so i think this book is a solid like eight yes i obviously always like sex (laughs) especially for this podcast the more sex (laughs) yeah the happier but their their love was still very on on the page it was still Mm -hmm. very evident it was still very sweet and i liked it i think it's a good book i it's not gonna take you long read it it's it's very delightful It, it is very delightful and it and it's great that it, it kind of takes you back into the you know the, the different things that have happened throughout the history just experiences of two people that could have gone through you know two people who are in love that mm-hmm. are same-sex lovers in the 1940s so you know it takes us through the different things that have happened and that were happening to women and and, and all that stuff so just everything and it's really neat I don't think that there is an extension of just like you said however I did read some of the reviews and a lot of people resonated with you and they love that 1940s noir like theme and they want more (laughs) of it too so if cl polk is listening look you've got an audience and they want more (laughs) and i agree i think eight is the perfect thing even though of course the sex wasn't there but the intimacy that she wrote leading up to where they were love scenes the potential love scenes. I mean, they happened. Mm-hmm. We just didn't get them. They're beautiful. I think that they were very sweet. If you can imagine it on your own, then I think it was just satisfying still. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we like the raunch. You know, we want to, to hear the cunt and the dick and the all of that. Oh. But sometimes it's okay if we don't get it. And this is one of the examples. It would have been a little bit jarring for those particular words mm. in this setting. No, you're totally right. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have fit as well. Not as well, no. But it was still good. It was fun. Both of them are very, like, 
I don't want to say delicate, but they're gentle. They're gentle characters, you know, even though they're magical. Or I think Helen Helen's a little less. I think she and I think she assumes that Edith is a little bit more like. I guess that's true because you know, of the um. Yeah, pr- like she needs to protect Edith a little bit more, but then it turns yeah. out she's got a freaking angel in her, so that's she doesn't really need fine. to be protected. Yeah. Because at one point Edith gets shot like four or five times, but it's but because she has that angel, she doesn't yep. die. It's fine. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I think in comparison to like the other books we read, where no, like I know super masculine main characters, you know, that are just absolutely. Like, oh, oh so. yeah, we definitely didn't get any of that hyper masculinity, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, sometimes absolutely. you're like, take take your testosterone <laughs> down a notch. Love- back up a little bit buddy yeah Yeah. so all right good so guys for our next book then we are going to be reading crimson morning by lawrence hall and it's morning as like the sad morning not the daytime morning (laughs) (laughs) and it's the first book of the games of the underworld series we read lawrence year three episode 65 for vigilante and we had a ton of fun up with that episode as well we know that lawrence listened because he commented on one of our posts and he loved the episode so <laughs> <laughs> that was a really cool interaction we had with that an author fun. so this is going to be a really short read so if any of you guys want to to jump in and read before you listen that would be great i mean it's how many pages did you say it was 95 95 go read it guys join us for this conversation <laughs> it should but be yeah, fun. We, hopefully this is going to like set the mood for the rest of the so it's a shared world series in terms of it's multiple authors writing in a shared world but each book is supposed to be standalone so this is just kind of like the intro before the rest of the books so mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right and this is going to definitely be a lot darker than especially what we just read <laughs> This is a dark romance, so there's going to be some violence and some, you know, so definitely keep that in mind if you are reading along with us. Look at the book and read it for like read the mm. description first before you jump in because we have we don't read a ton of really dark on this podcast so that might surprise some people so it- we're giving it a shot. But the other one we read was a little gory too. His vigilante was a little gory. It it was gory. Uh, yeah, it was kind of dark. Yeah, because it was like yeah. a superhero like Black Knight kind of vision. Yeah, I just remember like arms being ripped off of a person and and stuff like that. So. Yeah, a little comic book, like in that darker yeah, comic yeah, book, yeah, yeah. Black Knight, Batman-esque world, right? Yes, that's what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Cool. So we'll see you guys next time. In the meantime, please reach out to us on... Oh, I did want to say one more thing before we, we sign off. I wanted to thank Jessica for the book we just read, even though I knew the end. Um, she is the one that made the recommendation to uh, me and... Uh, we loved it. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. So in the meantime, please reach out to us on social media. We are Shh Dirty Books on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, kind of. <laughs> Just don't reach out to Just us on Twitter. Kind of Twitter. It's a no. terrible choice. We don't, don't know. Do 
Anyway, or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. If you guys can go there, rate, review, subscribe, that would be amazing. And like Kalina said, we love it when people reach out to us. So please do. And with that, we'll say goodnight. This is Sayla. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>